Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. Well, here we are, season two of the Manuscript Academy podcast. Yay! We are eating pizza. No, let's not lie. We're waiting for pizza dough to rise, and we're having a celebratory cocktail to toast our second year in business. Can you hear the ice? I can hear the ice. (laughs) That's right, people. It's been a full year. Jessica. I thought for opener, we should learn a little more about you. Are you game? Sure. You know, it's interesting. It's like you've been behind the scenes. You've been asking the questions. And I'm so excited to pick at your, you know, devious genius brain for a little bit. So let's just kind of get started. So Jessica, if you were a superhero, what superhero would you be? So I was tweeting on Twitter today where one tweets about how I would love a new modern heroine who cannot be hurt emotionally. And think about all the choices people would make if they weren't worried about somebody being like, no, that's dumb. You know what I mean? Like if I could just have that impenetrable ability to just go forth and not worry about anything, like to basically live my creative life as if you could not fail, what would you do? I think that, to me, is a superpower. But honestly, I'm probably going to ask for most of that to be cut tomorrow. So here's here's a more palatable answer. Um, Yes, I would divide myself into 50 people so that I could get things done, meet all the deadlines, and live all the parallel lives that I'm curious about having because... You know, we all have to make choices about how we spend our time, and I'd frankly like to know about how some of those other choices would work out. I love that. You know I love that. You know, so the whole idea, one, the first one, If I, I think we need to keep parts of it because as a writer, right, like there's such such an emotional charge and like you almost need to be a superhero to keep going sometimes to keep pushing through this world where it can be so difficult you know and and that needs to be something that you kind of that that superhero charge you lead with yeah and you know i feel like the genre of our world kind of changed in the past year Um, I don't want to say we're living in a dystopia because I I still think there's a lot of hope to be had. And I was actually talking with a friend here who's in political stuff, and we had some pretty amusing, beneficial mischief coming up. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think New York State could, if we hit the right buttons, make some great things happen and set an example of how you can do a lot of things right. Um. So, frankly, I think that's something I would like to try in the new world. So I don't think we're in a dystopia. I do think the the overall tone of things has changed. And if we do kind of all think of ourselves as the hero in our own story, um, and we've just jumped genres, what do we do with that, right? Mm. So I believe the people who say no matter what, you just keep going. Like, I admire that because 
you see people confronted with really incredibly hard things who keep going. Um, but I think it, on some level, it's not easy for anyone. You know, we're all just trying our best. We're all just trying to to get through. So, yes, I think there's almost something heroic about showing up and being the most vivid person you can, even if the world out there is pretty scary. And, you know, what I think it's interesting. I had a conversation with a friend just yesterday and it was all about like talking to kids about, you know, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that is like we can all be superheroes in our own life if we take the actions to go there. So that, that well, answer works for me, Jessica. I it's love a it. million little choices, right? It's a million. Every, you know, every day is a million little choices. It's and, a million little choices every day. And you know what's to interesting? show up. For listeners, like Jessica and I talk every day and we spend so much time really discussing trying, and we hope this is coming through, but trying to be a positive influences for writers, you know, and that's our goal. And that's really what we lead with. And that all kind of wraps up into the whole superhero thing. You know, if I think about it, like if we could be superheroes for all of you in just a tiny little way, making your life better. I mean, I think our job would be done. Yeah. It'd be kind of like, you know, you see someone who can fly and they pick up someone who's on top of a burning building and they take them to safety. Like, even if it's just that one little trip, that can mean everything, right? You know what would be a cool superhero thing Mm -hmm. is if I was a superhero that when people got rejection letters, I could like pop in. Oh, that'd be good. I don't know. And give them a shot of tequila or make them some tea. (laughs) (laughs) And we could like, you know, process and then I could go. Yeah. It's like the rejection aftercare. That that. would be awesome. So we um, we have fantasies about funding worlds. Are you listening? We have fantasies about funding. Fun. Oh, <laughs> I was like, where is she going with that? So, We're buying a planet. Jessica, if you had, say, a million dollars in Google funding, what would you do with it? It's uh, not the Manuscript Academy. We're not going to blow all those ideas on, on this podcast. We're going to hold some of those. Well, yeah, we've got some pretty good things coming up. And where would the tension be if we just hold everyone right away? I mean, I I coach people on building tension momentum all the time for their manuscripts. And, you know, you can't give away the thriller uh, answer in chapter two. You just can't do it. Um, So I actually don't think a million dollars would be enough for what I have in mind. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, you heard that Um, world. She's looking for more than a million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... Yes, I take cash, check. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> transfer some Swiss bank accounts. Um, no, I would like to buy a downtown building in Manhattan, convert about half of it into housing for interns and young editorial assistants and people who just want to move to New York to pursue their creative dreams. Honestly, I think it's creatives we need to support now more than ever. And giving people a place to stay in an incredibly expensive city and in an industry that doesn't pay that much, especially to start. I think that'd be a really great thing to do. Um, downstairs, there would be a loft-like atmosphere. So there'd be a coffee shop that turns into a wine bar with readings in the evenings. And mm. of course, the acoustics would be amazing. So we could have musicians come in and play. And maybe there could be one of those programs in the back. Like, you know, you hire college kids to um, 
college kids, high school kids, you teach them all the skills of working in a kitchen. So you have a sort of like, if we could have an Alice Waters-esque restaurant going down there that was teaching people all I the skills that Alice they needed. Alice Waters. Who doesn't love Alice Waters? <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't like you're going to eat what we're making today, um, and if I wasn't a vegetarian, I would be there all the time. But um, yeah, I love the skill, the the idea of just letting people learn skills in a real world setting, I think is a really valuable thing to do. Um, for a long time, I've kind of wanted to have like the media capabilities of like, if we could be MTV, except for this era, and for the internet, like if we could make basically the internet theater of publishing, I'd be super into that too. So that'd be one of the floors. And we probably have about 20 more floors to pay, play with. So, um, you know, a couple would be libraries, a couple would be research centers, um, meeting rooms, co-working space. Uh, yeah, but it all starts with a building. Guys, you heard that. You heard it here. You know, what if we could do that? What if we could take over one in every city? You know, I mean, that'd be pretty have- cool. A movement of creatives and words and message, you know, messaging of just different voices. It would be amazing. It would be. But I feel strongly that people shouldn't have to have money to be in creative fields. If anything, we need those perspectives that come with not having been upper middle class their whole lives. So you go, girl. (laughs) And for the investors out there, it's a good (laughs) idea. Well, you hear about those co-working spaces like The Wing. It's all women, and they just got so much venture capital. And that place is amazing. Monica Odom, who was a wonderful agent and friend, took me to The Wing one time. And not only do they have a roof deck and a coffee shop and a wine bar and, like, basically the most fancy, um, like, powder rooms, I guess I'll say. Because, like, they will let you try all the fancy makeup products. Like, that place is incredible because they have this giant library of books by women. Oh, How cool is that? So cool. So New York, you didn't grow up in New York. No, I grew up in a very small town. So tell us about those early days in publishing in New York City. Um, You know, I kind of described it as a ramen and caviar lifestyle. Like I would go to all these <laughs> incredibly fancy parties during the day. Um, I would go places where the orders for food parties were just incredible. I remember I went to this event where, you know, uh, mixologists from around the world would make ingredient, make amazing cocktails with ingredients from their hometowns. Um, uh, I got to go to just amazing, amazing events where I was eating all this incredibly expensive food. And then I'd go home to your normal, uh, tiny New York apartment. And I remember one time, um, there was a mouse in the apartment and I thought they were really cute. And so I told my roommate she couldn't hurt it. Um, because you know, that's not nice. And we eventually trapped it in our little wastebasket and we're carrying it outside. And so where we were living at the time was one of those areas. that's kind of like suburbs connected to the subway. I've always been attracted to places like that. And so we are walking around with this mouse in a wastebasket and we set it down and we, you know, take the top away so it can go away and nothing happens. And, you know, it's quiet. It's dinner time. Everyone's got like their flickering glass light, gas lights. Like it's, you know, perfect and beautiful and serene and fancier than we are. And at one point we both peer down to see where the mouse had gone. I, I think I can hear you laughing. So you know what's going to happen next. 
So the mouse comes flying out of there at my face. We both jump and scream and grab the wastebasket and run. And um, yeah, we don't know what happened to the mouse, but we do know we disturbed the peace and quiet of a beautiful neighborhood. So we're such weird soul sisters. (laughs) I had a mouse jump on the back of my head and get stuck in my hair. Oh, no. In in, in New Hampshire. Yeah. So I I guess, you know... You know, nature's universal. <laughs> I mean, I had a flying roach fly into my mouth and bounce off <laughs> in Maine. <laughs> okay, it was so my there fault. we are. <laughs> it was my fault for standing under the light. I, I, I get that now. But, but um, you know, I, I, th- I think that like we all, every time we hear these New York stories, uh, stories and the early experiences there, the people from around the world are like, wow, you know, it's, it's so much more, more diverse than you know, how it's depicted on television or movies or... or Well, yeah, a movie's going to be the most fancy, polished version of everything. I mean, I don't know if you've read that book, um, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? But um, the way she describes Brooklyn and all the roaches and things rotting all the time, um, yeah, that absolutely exists. Like, even the parts of Brooklyn that you generally hear about are a very small percentage of Brooklyn. It's a really big area. It would be the fourth largest city in the country if it was its own area. So, yes, you see a very tiny percentage of that on TV, but nobody actually lives like that. I mean, maybe maybe like 2% actually live like that. Oh, Jessica, thank you so much for letting us into your fabulous mind and giving us more insight into you. Do you think our listeners might want more? Oh, you mean for our next season, this season? We did leave everyone on a cliffhanger. We had a cliffhanger. But we can, you know, kind of talk about some of the things that are happening this season on the podcast and at the Manuscript Academy. That's true. We have so many episodes that we've recorded that are in editing now. We have a new feature that's basically like 10 queries, except you get to hear their voices as they respond to the queries that they're reading. That might be my new favorite. Really? I think that's pretty fun. We're going to have to sign up more people to do that. So you guys, as a writer, it's kind of like going to the slush pile with an agent, hang out with them, and seeing how they make decisions. Yeah. I mean, and then you can actually get a glimpse, sort of. Uh, you can hear us react in real time to what's in our inbox because no one ever seems to believe when we tell them how bad it is on average. Because the vast majority of people who submit work have not done any research whatsoever. So which feel good you, about yourselves. Yeah, so, which puts you way ahead of the game just from the get-go. Just from being here, from showing up by, you know, educating yourself in the process. Oh, please. If you're listening to this podcast, you're easily in the top 5%. I think so, too. So what else do we have? Well, we're hosting a fall query workshop, October 9th through 13th. This is five classes, five live events with agents and editors where you can ask questions and watch their faces as they read them. And five days of peer critique. You can find out more at manuscriptacademy.com slash query. So some cool stuff, you guys. We're hosting a fall query workshop from October 9th to the 13th, which includes five classes, five live events, and five days of peer critique. As always, we have a fabulous faculty and, you know, experts all around. You can find more info here. You can find more info at mirrorscriptacademy.com slash query. 
We'll also have a new way to learn about those all-important first 10 pages. So you'll be able to submit your 10 pages to the agent or editor of your choice and then have a meeting to discuss them. So all of that will be available on manuscriptwishlist.com slash consultations. You can see who's available, who's a good fit for your work, who's looking for work like your work and therefore knows exactly how to advise you. And when you send your 10 pages, you can rest assured they're going to read them, think about them, and then talk with you about the best ways to get your work to the next step. So we're also looking at pulling in established writers, you know, writers that are experts in their field, experts in their genre as guest faculty. This is something we're really excited about. The author to author connection is something that can really make your work shine, you know, before it gets to the agent or the editor. And who better to talk about writing than writers, right? Indeed. So the people we have this this semester, as it were, are pretty darn fabulous. And I can't wait for our first live event. So the coolest thing about being in, you know, my and Jessica's position is we get to hear all of the fabulous success stories through the Manuscript Academy um, program. You guys are killing it. Yeah, it's so cool. Sometimes I wake up on the morning and I run to the computer and I pull it open and I read such cool stories about breakthroughs and first page fixes and, you know, and really kind of like, you know, when I was a teacher, you would, you'd have these times of immense growth that you'd see with kids. And we're kind of seeing that with people. We're seeing like the aha moments. So one of the coolest things that we get to do is we get to read the Facebook um, posts every day from our 10 Minutes with an Expert chat. And in there today, we saw that there was a writer that sent out, I'm just going to read it. It's so cool. After a single query critique, she got, she sent out 35 queries. She had 21 full and partial requests and five offers of rep. So these are things we're hearing all the time. And we can't promise you that you're going to get published, but we can promise you that we're going to give you the tools that are going to make your chances better. Plus a community to support you every step of the way, which is huge because you're going to be waiting a very long time to hear back from agents and editors. As an agent, I can say that. It takes me a very long time to form my hopefully thoughtful, useful responses. Definitely thoughtful. Useful is, well, up to you. Um, But just having that community there just so you can say, is this normal? Or I'm in this position. What should I do? And being able to rely on people knowing what to advise is really useful. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.